Welcome everyone to the Chris Caro celebration of joy and happiness here at uh, Player Profiler. The Fantasy Empire. Let me bring our little names down. Boop. There we go. Chrissy V, Nando DeFino. Uh, Chris is basically going to take an hour today and just brag about his triumphs in, uh, <laughs> in two leagues out of the 500 that he's entered in the high stakes leagues. Uh, Chris, congratulations, man. I mean, you must be... Uh, how do you celebrate this? Do you go drink? No, no, though. Thanks. You won the New York welcome. auction and the main event. How do you know this, by the way? I didn't tell you. You texted me. Did I tell you that? Yeah, you sent me a picture of your sweatpants, and then you said, hey, I just won two leagues. <laughs> I don't even know where you come up with this stuff, man. I really don't. Uh, what do you think I'm making up that you won two high-stakes leagues? Everybody knows public knowledge. Yes, I, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the sweatpants thing. Anyway, Nando, uh, the season, the fantasy season is a wrap. I am uh, relieved. Uh, it's a good feeling to know it's in the past. It's a weird feeling, actually, not knowing, not going into uh, fantasy league after fantasy league and looking at your teams and getting them ready and seeing what you have to do after doing it for 17 straight weeks. Uh, if you're someone like me, I'm constantly going into each of my teams all day long, night long. And it's just a everyday grind that you get used to for four or five months straight. Yeah. And then it's over like that. And it's like, wow, I got all this extra time, time to take my ass to the gym. Is that what you're going to do? So, yeah, it's nice to, you know, to, to have all this extra time now to do certain stuff, but, uh, you know, fantasy, uh, Fantasy fantasy season was good to me, and um, was it? I mean, like weekly on the show, it sounded like your team was hadn't won a game yet. The way you Did griped it? about your teams, it's oh the season. Well, yeah, so listen, <laughs> I can't believe this season. It's the worst. I don't meanwhile, you're winning titles. That. No, I don't think I. Ever, I don't think I ever was like that, Nando. There was, you know, there, there's certain teams early on in the season losing Nick Chubb. Uh, you know, that was devastating. Then that was followed up by losing Barkley to a high ankle sprain and not having him for a while. Yeah. You know, those were probably two of my highest owned players. So, uh, you know, add in Mike Williams, who I lost in a lot of places. That's, you know, but everybody had to deal with injuries this year, Nando. It was a crazy season. They all are. So I don't want to say like, oh, this year was crazy like no other because they're all nuts. But and I want to get into week. Yeah, but you know what? You know, this season down the stretch was crazy. Uh, you know, this episode, we, we want to cover a lot of the uh, players that won fantasy titles, how they did it, how their teams were built yep, uh, and everything. And down the stretch run these last four or five weeks, teams lost major players, major, major fantasy contributors to their teams that made powerhouse teams not as powerful and yeah. gave chances to middle of the pack teams that were getting like uh Brees Hall's back and uh, you know, a big finish for Jameer Gibbs and, and other players, you know? Um, so it, it's, it's the fantasy landscape is just changing Nando to a point where you don't have to have a powerhouse team from the start to finish. You just need to get your team in the playoff rounds if you're in home leagues, get them in as the four, five, six seed and have the right combination of hot players for the final month. 
and avoid injuries. Right. And right. if you do all that, nowadays it's different than 10 years ago, it just seems like. So we're going to cover all that and more in, in this episode. And Nando, how did you do in your championship final before I get into mine and, and the rest of other people's uh, championships? But I know everybody's living and dying knowing uh, that you were in a championship game. Yeah, uh, your I, I was what you described. We lost guys to injuries, and I'm looking at my lineup like, what? <laughs> how did I make it to the final with this lineup? And I didn't. It's because, you know, we just had to swerve at the last moment. And I picked up like nine guys throughout the week, you know, at a drop just based on – and it's just – I looked at my lineup, but I knew, like, I, like this is not going to win a title right here. So uh, so you lost. I finished second. I won well, second that's, place. That's, that's how I like to think of it. Well, when you lose in the championship game, yeah, that's uh, that's that's second place, Nando. So yeah. All right, I, let me ask I, you: How many leagues? Uh, like you're talking about these two leagues, like you're the greatest player in the world. Um, you're such. First a of dick. all, the, uh, how many were you in? <laughs> how many did Chad Schroeder win? Oh uh, man, uh, Chad Schroeder had a great tweet. I don't know if you saw it the other day. It's kind of mind-boggling. Um, he entered $751,000 in league entries this year. And his yeah. comeback was like 802,000 and it was like a $50,000 profit for him. He considered it a, you know, a, a, like a terrible season, a waste of time, obviously. Right. Uh, when you're investing that much money and, and time and effort into, you know, a, a business, because, you know, people don't understand it from our point of view, Nando. It's, you know, I treat it as a business as well. As much as I am addicted and love this fantasy business and high stakes world, it, you have to treat it as a business. We're putting a lot of money up and it's not like it's just throwaway money. This is money that you're looking to make um, a profit on each year and you have to treat it as, a, as you know, a business. So that's what I'm sure he did looking at it and all the time he put in and dedicated it to it, but it got a lot of attention on Twitter this week just because of the astronomical numbers. Uh, as for myself, Nando, uh, I I think I was at 48 total leagues. Wow. Uh, and you won two. Congratulations, man. No, I won more than that, buddy, but that's fine. The truth of the matter is, Nando, <laughs> my four biggest leagues – my four yeah. biggest, highest uh, buy-ins, I won three out of four of them. And in the fourth one, which uh, was the New York Super, which I consider my second most important league, um, the you know, it's, it's a very um, prestigious league that I want to win every single year. And I won the regular season title. I thought I the had auction? the inside track. No, right. it's not. Uh, it's the equivalent of the New York Super. There's the New York Super and the New York Super Auction. Okay, same yeah. buy-in, same buy-in, but the New York Super is more uh, prestigious, Nando. And uh, I won the regular season title. I think I was like 13-1 and one, uh, record. And going into the playoffs, I lost Keenan Allen and Ramondre Stevenson. And then Trevor Lawrence got banged up. But here's the craziest story. We'll start with this one while we're on the topic. Um Dan Satinoff won the New York Super. And yeah. as you know, in uh, the high stakes market, when you have these private leagues like the New York Super, it's 12 teams and four advance to the championship round. And it's a three week cumulative run of points uh, for the winner. Now, Dan Satinoff got off to a huge lead after the second week 
uh, of, uh, you know, of, of points, he was up 55 points. So it was like going into the third week, it was a, you know, it was a run for who could finish in second. Anyway, right. that Cowboys game on Saturday night, I got C.D. Lamb uh, and a couple other big performances, and I passed him. Okay, nice. and and he had a team where he lost Amari Cooper, Cortland Sutton, and maybe two other guys for the final going into that championship week. And then he and then he had to get in some replacements, right, Nando? Here's where the funny part comes in. So it hits Sunday. I look like I'm gonna win this thing. I'm up. It's almost like four o'clock. The one o'clock games are ending. I have like a twenty point lead on him, and I have Gerald Everett. Why were you screenshot? Why were you sending me screenshots? We could have celebrated I, together. I, I would never. Yeah. Yes. But here's the craziest part, Nando. He was down to his seventh wide receiver on his roster that he had to get in his lineup and play, and it was Trey Palmer of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All he right. actually had a start in championship week, Trey Palmer. Now, when I saw that, I was like, oh, God, he's going to maybe get two points out of Trey Palmer or a zero, and I'm good. And Trey Palmer basically had a zero all day long. In the fourth quarter, Trey Palmer caught four balls for 81 yards and a touchdown, gave him 18 fantasy points, and I wound up losing when Gerald Everett caught one ball the all second half by three points, the New York Super. Wow. And it's all basically because of Trey Palmer saving Dan Satinoff's life to win the New York Super and basically crush my dreams. So that was my bad beat in championship, and which was basically a great final week for me. But that was just devastating, uh, and it hurt to lose in that fashion with Trey Palmer doing me in. And it's funny because Dan Satinoff's team in this New York Super was led by who, Nando, the final four weeks? Joe Flacco. That's amazing. Can you believe Good that? For him. He started Flacco, Flacco last week too, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, he did not. That's, oh, that's right. another crazy part of the story is he went away from Joe Flacco in the game versus the Jets on Thursday night where a lot of people were like, hey, listen, uh, I, I'm, you know, this looks like a, a low scoring game. It looks like a bust game. And he went to Derek Carr, and Derek Carr gave him 10 points less, and it almost cost him the uh, the championship. But if you remember the week before, the reason why he blew past all of us was Joe Flacco to Amari Cooper. His combination gave him like 100 points and uh, you know put us in the position we were in. So go figure. Joe Flacco goes and delivers uh, the New York Super Championship, and that just goes to add on to the crazy title. A uh, crazy uh, ending of the season where people won fantasy championships riding Joe Flacco. What are we drinking? It's a very large coffee. I, I need it every day, buddy. That's a it's a venti pike place uh, with a shot of espresso in it. Ow. So all right, but listen, this isn't about me. Yes, um, I was lucky enough. I was lucky enough. Yeah, I was lucky enough, Nando, to win the uh, my biggest league, the NFFC Diamond and cash a big uh, check there, as well as the New York auction. I'm happy with the way my season ended up. I'm going to kick my feet up and relax, go on vacation and everything. But Where are you going? Uh, where are we going? Haven't decided yet. Maybe Aruba. Uh, Anywhere where there's a beach where I can, uh, you know, put the stress of this last four months behind uh, me. No, I thought you were going to say take pictures of your legs and post them on Facebook. Yeah, ah, that's funny. Great joke. That Again, for the 800th time. It's That's funny because it's our last show ever. 
Uh, yeah. So uh, let me ask you a question before we get into sure. uh, you naming everybody else and how well they did. Listen, we got to You know what? I know you're joking no, and everything, I but I, I we're think a high-stakes show, and it's time that after a long season – we we give uh, you know what the kids say nowadays. Give your flowers out to the champions and, yeah, and review, and that's how you learn. And yeah. we're learning at the same time what worked for teams, how they built their teams, what went right for them, wrong for them, and and that's why this show is is I think going to be helpful for people and, and fun. There's no point in talking about not. Nah, there's no know. point talking about week 18 in fantasy because if you're playing fantasy for a championship game in week 18. You are just doing it wrong, and and, and look no further than all the players that are going to be out, and the Niners that are going to be sitting, and the Ravens that are going to be sitting in this week, and everyone else. Oh, sophisticated Nando showed up. Oh, uh, doing his, props now. What you talk? Yeah, class. Yeah, and, and that's what this week should really be about, Nando. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to sitting back, watching actual football, betting on these games, betting player props. Uh, maybe playing DFS. That's what week 18 should be about. The stress is over of the regular season. And now you get to sit and actually enjoy football and see how uh, teams shape up before we get ready for, uh, you know, the, the, the playoffs. But go ahead, Nando, to your point. So my, my question for you was that auction team and that diamond team, which yeah. is a draft. Yeah. How similar were those rosters? Like, cause it's two totally different ways to build a team unless you really like really want to build it the same. I know you always have your core guys. How did you yeah. build those two similarly, I guess? Great question. Or were they not similar uh, at all? Uh, they were similar in the fact that they both had Kyron Williams, who, uh, I mean. Uh, drafted or Kyron, added? Yes. Yes. Uh, drafted drafted on the Diamond team and uh, bid on in the auction, in the Super Auction League. And while we're on Kyron Williams, because he is absolutely um, – the, the darling of fantasy owners everywhere. I did want to uh, – I got to find this. I'm sorry. I should have hey, had well, this yes. Wait, no, 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 no. I, I have it right here. Kyron Williams, um, the American Blood Clot Association. That's what he would like people that uh, won their fantasy championships because of him, which obviously, you know, he was probably the biggest reason why – we're sitting here today, most of us fantasy champions. Uh, he, you know, uh, most of the top fantasy players give out now their what they would like uh, fantasy owners to uh, donate to. And that's his foundation, Nando. So for everyone listening, he would like the American Blood Clot Association. Okay. How much did you get? That would be that I, I will be sending yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a donation <laughs> to, to him, Nando. I will show I you. Anyway. Um, that's, did you have that's Cam? ridiculous to say that Cam Cam Akers? No, like did you get Kyron Williams independent? He wasn't a handcuff to Cam Akers. No, no, I was I was in on Kyron Williams. Uh, he's on. He was on a good amount of my teams. He was on my top three online championship teams that won leagues, um, and I had him in a couple other places. But I'm sure thankful that you know I made sure I got him on my diamond uh, championship team and, and this super auction team. So just real quick, um, you know, well, I got to follow the, up. Okay. Go ahead. Look, go ahead. Usually when you say real quick, you change the subject. 
No, I'm, I'm talking. You asked me about oh, similarities of these teams. It was Kyron Williams, um, and and it was an elite quarterback strategy. The super auction team, I made sure I got Lamar Jackson, who obviously down the stretch, the MVP of the league and fantasy, yeah. uh, 320 and five touchdowns this final week. Uh, I wanted to build that super auction team, Nando, around a, a, a Detroit Lions stack. So I had Sam Laporta. He was my main target at tight end. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, who was my favorite first round wide receiver. Uh, he was on a lot of my championship league teams, uh, and David Montgomery, who, you know, if you remember us talking about, he was my target in the eighth round that I wanted to make sure I got as my RB two in a lot of leagues. He faded a little bit down the stretch, but he had his moments. So the team was a lion stack with Kyron Williams, Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson, the diamond team was Kyron Williams and Raheem Mostert. And James oh, Cook. Oh, you, you so coming down this now. James Cook completely faded out, Nando, uh, the last two weeks. But James Cook really got me to the championship rounds. The team was loaded. Uh, I, I swept uh, the regular season points and uh, record title, as well as uh, you know the playoffs, obviously. And uh, the combination, and and, and we're going to get into these other teams, and you're going to see that common theme: Kyron Williams and Raheem Moster. You know, those were the guys that you know, it just were dominating all year long. And, you know, Kyron Williams had his uh, middle of the season where he missed time. But those were, after the 10th round, probably the two best picks you could have made was Mostert, Kyron Williams, a Tank Dell, and a Puka Nakua, right? So those four guys, no one was you know, you, say it again. He would, Puka was a fab ad. Yeah, in your leagues, he was. Puka I, Nakua was drafted in every high no, stakes league. No, it was Tutu Atwell. And uh, okay, you want to tell me? Okay, Puka and, Nakua right, was on everybody's. Puka Nakua was drafted by everybody between the 15th and 18th rounds of, of every high stakes league. So, those combination of four guys really helped your teams out, as well as like a Nico Collins in the 10th and 11th round. He was great too, and CJ Stroud at quarterback. Um, and that's it, you know. My, my diamond team, besides those guys at running back, Jalen Hurts, I made sure I, in a standalone league, I wanted to focus on getting the elite quarterback. Jalen Hurts was great for me, uh, more in fantasy world than in real life world. And Jamar Chase was my, my first round pick, surrounded by Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I went for the 49ers wide receiver stack. And, uh, and, and one guy on that team that I want to focus on, Nando, because I have it written down here. Evan Ingram does, doesn't get enough publicity this year, Nando. But if I asked you, how many receptions does Evan Ingram have this year? What would you tell me? Uh, 86. Okay, you're off by 20. Imagine 106. that. Yeah, he's got, well, 104 catches for 884 yards. Isn't that crazy for a tight end going into the final week? He's going to wind up with about a I think he had like 135, something like that. Now, his yards aren't crazy. He's got 885 receiving yards because, you know, Evan Ingram's the king of like the seven catch for 45-yard game. But for a tight end, for 104 catches, it's really yeah. under the radar. He really yeah. – you know, when, when you hear about everybody – on shows talking about the tight end position, everybody gushes over Laporta, you know, Kincaid at one point and all these other guys, but it's, you know, Evan Ingram doesn't get the the recognition he did for the season and where he was drafted. Cause Evan Ingram was basically a ninth, 10th round 
you know, an eighth through 10th round draft pick at tight end. And he was golden for me. Um, so, you know, just wanted to get out that stat line for Evan Ingram and going into next year, it's going to be interesting where people draft him off of what will probably be a 110 yard catch season. So, um, and I added Isaiah likely before the fantasy playoffs and, oh, and he was man, great what a, as well. So what a Isaiah likely. I really had a tough time deciding the fantasy playoff weeks, who to play Evan Ingram or um, Isaiah likely. And in the championship week with Raheem Mostert not playing Nando, I flexed out Isaiah likely and started Evan Ingram. And they gave me 13 and 19 fantasy points. So double tight end. I'll do it whenever uh, the situation uh, applies, Nando. So that was, uh, you know, that was my, uh, you know, good fortune. And I'm happy with the way the season wound up. But there's so many great stories behind these overall champions, Nando. Yeah. That I just think that the people listening will really enjoy these stories that play the high stakes market. Each one had a unique uh, story to them. And uh, I do want to get into that. So, uh, Puka's average draft um, position in NFFC was two seventy nine. What, uh, what else do you want to talk about before we get into the? Say that again. No, that's I just want to. You you froze. I, I didn't hear you. No, you 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 froze. I probably maybe you could upgrade okay. to the higher FiOS plan now that you've got some money in your pocket. <laughs> maybe Puka's Puka's average draft position in NFFC was two seventy nine. Uh, you know, you know, you don't have, you know, you don't know how to do that, right? You're probably looking, you know, no, we well, know that by now the, with the off. filters, you have no clue yeah. how to filter. You're looking at you seven draft, months of drafts. You draft after the first week, though. So isn't that unfair? No, like people draft after, after the, the first, the free look. The free look. So how does that affect? They didn't play in the first game. So again, I don't know why. I don't know what your point is of that. You're laughing because you just make yourself look ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous more and more. It's ridiculous. So what am I supposed to pull here? Toronto oh, Dave crap. says Flacco and Njoku carried my teams. Absolutely, Toronto Dave. Uh, it was crazy, actually, how the Cleveland Browns carried fantasy uh, managers for the final month of the season out of nowhere. I mean, if you think about the teams that we were focused on for fantasy that flamed out, like the Buffalo Bills. You know, Stefan Diggs, Stephon Diggs murdered his fantasy managers. James Cook hurt his fantasy managers with, I think, a six and a four the final two weeks. Um, you know, the whole Bills offense dudded. But yet here, the Browns with Joe Flacco, Amari Cooper, and David Njoku, and even Jerome Ford that final week, Carry people to fantasy championships. So, yeah, pretty crazy to me uh, that, that that was the case. Could you imagine starting Joe Flacco and being like, you know, he's got the Jets and no Amari Cooper. Like, let's do this anyway. Could you yeah. imagine that? Yeah. Um, I wonder how many people did that. It happened because after that Thursday night game, it was funny to see the people that shot up the leaderboard and that were sitting in the top five overall, and they were Joe Flacco owners. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, it, it was, it was really interesting because Amari Cooper got all these fantasy managers to the top of the leaderboard after the second week of the fantasy playoffs, when he blew up for the 51 point performance. And then an hour before championship week on Thursday night, everybody had to pull Amari Cooper out of their starting lineups 
that were in the top 10. Imagine you're going for the overall championships. You have to take the guy who got you there, Amari Cooper, out of your starting lineup. People were already iffy on him because of the tough matchup, supposed tough matchup against the Jets, right? And then you have to take him out of your lineup. And it's funny because I'm looking at like four or five of the teams in the top 10 of the NFFC primetime, Nando. Yep. And they didn't have good replacements for him. Okay, now let's also remember that Jalen Waddle was on a handful of teams in the top 10 because he was having a good fantasy playoff run. He was out. So all these managers I'm looking at, they had to go to their bench and try and replace Cooper and Waddle, who was, you know, a second round pick and a third or fourth round pick. And they didn't have the ammunition to come and replace him. Right. So that hurt them in championship week. The eventual... Let's jump into this. The eventual NFFC primetime champion, Jeff Kozlowski, who I personally know, he drafts live in New York City every year. Um, he was I heard able he's got to, a great story. I heard there's a great story there. It, it, there, there, there is, and I'm going to get into it. It's pretty funny because he, the, the most shocking thing about his team, Nando, was he's a Keenan Allen owner. He went on to win the NFFC overall championship, he started the week in 46th overall place, okay? And shot up the leaderboard. He scored 244 points in the championship week without Keenan Allen, who got him pretty much to the uh, championship round. And he did it with his bench replacements, which was Arashi Rice. So you come in and if, you know, you have the depth there, okay, uh, to overcome a Keenan Allen. Once you lose a Keenan Allen, who was the best fantasy draft pick you could have made this year up until him going down. Kyron Williams is but, a better draft pick. Listen, uh, you know, value-wise, it, it's, you know, tomato, tomato, right, Nando? We're oh, talking okay. about a guy that you got in the 15th round who was a fantasy superstar and a great pick. But when you're looking at the early part of the draft board, I guess we could say, like, the top 60 overall, right? Who was the best pick? early on in drafts. Sure. It was Keenan Allen sure. in the third round. So, you know, however you want to look at it. While we're on that topic, it's pretty amazing that Jeff managed to win this fantasy title without Kyron Williams or without a big-time running back. Let's just quickly review his team, Nando, okay? He drafted out of the 10 hole, okay? Now, his team's pretty familiar looking wise, because this was my kind of favorite start on a couple of my teams. He drafts Amon Ross St. Brown at 10th overall, comes back. He gets Devontae Adams, who Devontae Adams all year long was pretty much a bust. But he gets this team into the championship round, Nando. And Devontae Adams has a huge week uh, 15 on that Thursday night versus the Chargers, right, to get him going. He completely bust in the second week of the fantasy playoffs with one point against the Colts. If you remember that, uh, not against the Colts, I'm sorry, against the chiefs when Aiden O'Connell barely threw the ball. Yeah. Okay. So he has him in, he completely bust with that week. And then in the championship week, he comes back with a really huge game to help him win the overall championship. Third round, he goes Keenan Allen home run pick, right? So um, my dream start would have been Amon Ra in the first at the back end of the first round and Keenan Allen in the third. So Jeff hits on the money pairing right there. So he's got three monster wide receivers. In the fourth round, he goes Lamar Jackson. So he has his elite quarterback. 
And then the fifth round, Brandon Ayuk, money pick. Okay? So this is my favorite type of draft, Nando, if you know me. Three three receivers, a big-time elite quarterback, and a nice fourth uh, wide receiver to start. Yep. So through five rounds, you got four monster receivers and your elite quarterback, and then you start hitting the running backs. This is where it's funny because his sixth-round pick, his lead running back, which this is the whole zero RB approach that I, you know, always like to, to go to Nando, which you invent that you like to, that you like to make fun of. Yeah. That you like to make fun of, but I'll make fun of it. I give you credit every time for inventing it. And then you're like, well, really, sir. Okay. Well, either way, Nando, the funny thing is his RB one bell cow was Damian Pierce. Wow. Probably the worst pick you could make. At the this running is a great back story position. about how to overcome, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of this bad stuff and win an entire. Yeah. It's also a bunch of guys who don't really know how to play fantasy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, after that, Isaiah you just Pacheco. Have money, really. Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, you keep saying, you keep throwing your digs in. <laughs> so listen, Isaiah Pacheco and Devin A. Chain were his his main running backs. Uh, you know that was great for Isaiah Pacheco to get back and overcome the concussion in that final week. Where did he take and H-Chain? help him? Uh, tenth you know? round. Wow, all right, nice. And Evan Ingram was his starting tight end, which we just talked about. So yeah. listen, um, interesting running back room there. You could overcome that when you hit on monster receivers and an elite quarterback at the right time. Another unbelievable thing, like we talked about, was Jeff was six and eight. That was his record in the regular season. Nice. Okay, so you don't need to dominate all year long and then go into the playoffs. Just get hot at the right time. And Jeff did. And the ama- and, and it's crazy because I noticed Jeff's team. I spoke to him during the, the year at one point. Halfway through the season, he was up there in the top 10. His team was, you know, looked really good to me. Jeff is one of these guys that uh, he's been coming to New York and drafting for a long time. And I always admired the way he drafted. He always builds strong teams. Uh, just one of those players that's underrated and he knows how to build a team. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he's come up short a couple of times, but, you know, for him to come through and, and win this year, uh, you know, a lot of credit to him. Really good player. Uh, the interesting background story, Nando, with all this is, you know, we're, we're both similar in age. I think Jeff is like 42, 43. And, you know, he's been coming to these live drafts in New York, Nando, since we were in our 20s. Where's and he's he becoming. Uh, I think now he lives in Connecticut, but he was always a New York-based guy, right? right? right. So he always came with his friend, uh, and this is how I got to know them, was, you know, him and Thomas Libretti, okay? I think they're childhood close friends, you know? I, uh, they're childhood close friends, and they always came together to these live drafts. And, and So Libretti's and really the brains it. behind this. So here's the funny thing is, if you, Thomas Libretti, uh, another great player, uh, in his own mind, he won the overall championship two years ago. In his own so mind you have, or his own right? What? In his own mind or his own right? In it, I don't even know what you're saying. You so, made it sound like Thomas Libretti thinks he's a great player, but he's not. No. You said Thomas in his own Lebret. mind. In his own right, I think I said. Yeah, anyway, Nando, no. Thomas Can Tom Lebretti, help us out with that? I'm just trying to help him in case Thomas is either way, Either way, if Tom, if if I misspoke, I'm sorry. But the point of the matter is these two friends in the last three years have both now won overall championships. Okay? Wow. Both New York City guys. 
you know, same age, good friends. And two out of the last three years, they win overall titles now. And it's just two guys that I've always talked to and, and always said, wow, these guys know what they're doing. And now they both have overall championships, uh, you know, to their mind. Another crazy part, just as we you wrap this awesome? up, is, okay. but, is Tom Libretti after the first week of the fantasy playoffs was second overall. And I was DMing him like, you know, good luck, go get it, you know. And his friend was down the leaderboard. And as the last two weeks went on, Jeff, you know, goes and obviously puts up monster weeks. And goes past the, uh, you know, up the leaderboard and wins the championship. But it looked like Tommy Libretti almost was going to win the championship again. But anyway, it's it's just a funny, uh, you know, behind the scenes story that these two friends that used to come all these years, probably for 15 years to the New York live drafts, they both win overall championships in the same place two out of the last three years. So Credit to, uh, you know, congrats to Jeff Kozlowski. Much deserved and well-earned fantasy overall. 250000 I like to say quarter of a million dollars, Nando. Yeah. Isn't that pretty crazy to win quarter of a million dollars in uh, on fantasy? So You know what's sad? Cheers to you, Jeff. You got all these people who can win a million, you know, like a millionaire maker, who just have one good day, and they're four billion lineups. And then you got these high stakes players who are, you know, putting high stakes down and like running a team for a season, like you said, like a business. Mm-hmm. And you only get a quarter million. Only that's a quarter that? million? Well, I mean, I mean just, I get. I'm just saying, against yeah, the million I, maker, it just seems okay. a little unfair. That's all. Well, I mean, think about this, Nando, to your point. You know, the millionaire makers, you're up against what? Hundreds of thousands of entries on a Sunday? I'm, you know, right. how I'm many, sorry, how I forgot. You're a millionaire maker apologist. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, that's why the that's why you win a million on a milli maker lineup against hundreds of thousands of people. But, you know, in the high stakes market, you're up against thousands of people. You know how much you know how much has to go right to win an overall championship in the high stakes market nowadays? I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, very, very yeah. aware. Yeah, that's funny. But, it, you know, you really got to get hot. You have to make every right lineup decision for three weeks. You have to be on the guys, you know, the two or three guys that blow up and, and everything. And think about this, you know, to, to Jeff's uh, – another thing with Jeff's team, he didn't have Amari Cooper. Like, I'm shocked. I thought, like, you know, you would have to have Amari Cooper or Brees Hall, right? Right, right. To, to You know, at least one of them to have – won an overall championship we'll see that in the other ones i you know i want to cover uh but he did it without kyron williams or christian mccaffrey or raheem mostert or amari cooper or Brees hall you know that just that that was really uh you know uh puzzling to me that that he did that so uh you know credit to him now let's cover oh wait hold on we gotta we gotta yeah. we've blown past our break that we've got to take oh my god yeah that's right guys hit that Hit that, and I want to cover a crazy, uh, you know, some other crazy stories. Hey, so many ask me, what's wrong with sports books? Why so many of them fail? The answer is simple. They don't innovate. They're just casino sports books on a phone. That's all they've been. There are a few that are doing a good job. We partner with them. Most of them, not so much. Until Bet Openly came along. Bet Openly said, hey, we're going to innovate. We're going to do something groundbreaking. We're going to have peer-to-peer betting in all states, and you pay 
When you win, you pay just 1% on your winnings. You heard that right. It's 1%. With code Underworld, you qualify for just that 1% transaction fee on bet openly. It gives you ultimate flexibility to set your own lines and browse lines that others have set. Think about it. That's what betting should be. And now that is the reality. BetOpenly.com. The code is Underworld. Check it out. All right, Chrissy V. Uh, let's get into some other stuff that you want to talk about. I thought we should talk about Wes Miles. I know you wanted to talk about the Silver Bullet champ. Will um, Miles. Yeah, sorry. Will Miles. Um, I do want to get to Will Miles, and he won the $250,000 overall championship. And the story behind that, I think, is pretty unbelievable as well. And I will get to that in a couple minutes, Nando. But listen, as we're talking about um, – what it takes to win an overall championship. The man who won the FFPC uh, million dollars, okay? This yep. is just crazy to me. Listen to his draft, Nando, out of the one hole, okay? Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, okay? That's how he started his draft off, okay? Yeah. I'm gonna, I, I want to try and set this up the right way, okay? So you lose Justin Jefferson for most of the season, and T. Higgins is one of the biggest busts you could have had, right? That's yep. his first two picks, then Jalen Hurts in round three, great quarterback. Brees Hall, who pretty much did nothing. That's his fourth round pick, right? Brees Hall, who you needed, well, not you didn't need him, but obviously the last couple of weeks had monster weeks. So he wound up getting this team in. Let's look at some of his other picks. Sixth round, Christian Kirk, who was good pretty much for the whole season, but again, lost him before the playoffs started. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who pretty much did nothing all year. Yep. Eighth round, Zach Charbonnet, who... You know, eh. his ninth round pick was Raheem Mostert. Keep that in mind. His 10th and 11th round picks, he landed on your boy, Rashad Penny. Is he a bust or not this year? He's Kadarius Tony in round 11. Okay. So this man, if you look at this draft, you would think this guy maybe won three games all season. Okay. Because it's bust after bust after bust. Not to crap on him, but look how many unbelievable. In round 13, he got he made uh, Jaden Reed, who, yeah, in the last bunch of weeks, it started coming on round 14, Kyron Williams and round 18, Jared Goff. OK, I still have no clue how this man won a million dollars with this team, Nando, other than to say, uh, you know, well, he must have he must have just been getting. But, say it again. Can you see his last week's lineup? Are you, like, yeah, is there well, well, obviously, well, obviously, Nando, like T. Higgins had the two big weeks in the fantasy playoffs, right? Yep. And Justin Jefferson came back to to give production. Jalen Hurts was solid all year long. Brees Hall, monster. Now, I have no problem with this team the last three weeks once it got into the fantasy playoffs, right? But, right. you know, how much did Raheem Mostert carry him throughout the season here? You know, uh, and Kyron Williams, but either way, this team got into the fantasy playoffs and he had a lot of the right combinations to win the overall. But the point of this is just to show everybody nowadays, you do not need to, you know, strike gold on draft day. You know, it's just each week, manage your team to get by for that week, go on to the next week, get enough points to accumulate, to get into the fantasy playoffs. And then if your team comes together, 
Okay. Like this guy's team did with a T Higgins, Justin Jefferson coming back, Brees Hall finally blowing up, Kyron Williams obviously being the superhero. Um, yeah. You know, George Kittle had a nice uh, few weeks. Uh, and that's it. You can overcome a lot of these. And Zamir White was his 19th round draft pick, which obviously he must add Zamir White in for these yeah. fantasy playoffs. But, you know, I, I just thought that was pretty crazy that you could draft that type of team, not hit home runs early on in your draft, and still win a million dollars in an overall championship. So that was the FFPC online championship million dollar winner. Pretty crazy to me. So just get in. Like in, get FF, in. FFPC it's also. We just do... proved it. You know, like Jeff Kozlowski, I just told yeah. you he was six and eight in the regular season, but he was racking up the points. And that's another thing for everybody listening. It like, you know, don't just go, even in home leagues. I switched a couple of my home leagues uh to, you know, like the first two guys with record win your division, but the three through six seeds, it's more you get in on points rather than record, right? you know, because you see it all the time. That New York Super Auction Championship team, Nando, my record after 10 weeks was two and eight. I was two and eight, but I was scoring points. I lost one week. I remember your good friend, Mark Edelman. Mike Edelman. uh, Very good. Now you're learning. Uh, he beat me one week, like 210 to like 192, you know, like I was racking up the points. I was still always top three points wise in that league, but I couldn't win every week. Whoever I was playing was just putting up a big number, but I didn't get, you know, uh, faulted for it. I still made the fantasy playoffs and, and, and and wound up winning, but that's what everybody should do. You saw it all year long now, though. That's what we're dealing with in fantasy. As we go along, most of my, uh, leagues that I saw after like 12 weeks, the leader was, you know, eight and three. There was a handful of eight and three teams and then a bunch of seven and six, six and seven. There's nobody pulling away anymore in these leagues where, you know, it's just like two dominant teams that they built an unbelievable roster and they're just putting up 185 points every week. It's rare in fantasy nowadays with all the bust and with all the injuries and the uh, inconsistencies uh, that's what fantasy football is now. You know, it's about avoiding injury and keeping your team pretty healthy and consistent and then working the waiver wire, getting a couple good ads if you can, but it's tough to go to the waiver wire in deep high stakes leagues and get anything valuable off of it because right. every head of the game now, everybody knows who you want rostered. Everybody has the backup running back to the backup running back as their RB eight on a team. So it's tough, right. you know, it, it really is, but like someone's rarely... holding Sean Turner all year or Sean Tucker. Right. All year. Sean T- yes. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So it's tough to be like, Oh my God, let me look at my waiver wire in a deep league. And it's, you know, Puka Nuku is sitting there and he's got three straight games of really big production. Let me go get him off the team. It's not like that, you know? So I'm just surprised when you see a, a team like that, that, <laughs> didn't dominate at the draft table, uh, still win an overall championship because you do need a lot of pieces on draft day to to win. Is that what the theme kind of is? This, I mean, are you picking out the anomalies so far and just being like, look at these two weird examples. The rest is what it usually uh, is. Or is no. it kind of like, hey, you know, like maybe it's people are getting smarter with matchups on a weekly basis and setting their lineups and overcoming some of these hardships. It, 
It's a good question. I, I just think it's it used to be more about winning on draft day and and drafting a dominant team, but there's just so much uh, there's so much knowledge. You used to be able to walk off uh, away from a, a high stakes draft table and eliminate five or six of the drafters like teams. And yeah. it's not like that anymore because of, like I said, the inconsistencies week to week. I never saw a year more now and in the last couple of years where you'd have a, a team look loaded and score 170 points one week and the next week come back and play like crap and drop a, a 102 or a 95. And and that's just the way it is. You know, I just I'm just speaking on experience because I remember having teams that were just buzzsaws and just 160 and then the next week 170 180 150 and just dominate all year long and you're 12 and 2 at the end of the year 13 and 1 you don't see that anymore in high stakes fantasy football nando i to me at least you know they'll be the outlier you're playing with a field of 1500 teams so yeah the top five or ten teams overall be consistently good you know you had that league where you you hit on the Keenan Allen on the, you know, your first round pick was money. Your, your third round pick was Keenan Allen. Maybe you had Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua with a good quarterback, but <clears throat> just a right. lot of inconsistencies now though. That, that's all I'm saying. And, and it's just a little bit different nowadays uh, as it was, but that's why back to my point of just getting hot, getting your team in the fantasy playoffs. And then it's a three week sprint to hope you have the right combination of the right hot players at the time. So are you going to change the way you draft because of that now? Like I know, like I build my teams. If I'm floating around 500 after week 12, let's say, mm-hmm. let's say 11 or 10, I guess to make it fun. I'm like, I'm okay with that. Cause I know I'm scoring a lot of points. And I got a couple guys on my bench who are coming back, you know, been out the last three weeks and mm-hmm. I build teams specifically for the end game, right? So it's like, I'm not, I mean, like the Kyron Williams, if I don't have Cam Akers, is a move I would have made. And he's a bad example because he was hot right after Cam got traded, even a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could have justified drafting him anyway because, you know, he was catching a lot of passes. You could have seen like seven targets a game from him, especially at PPR. I went back and looked at what like Jordan Rodriguez was writing about, about him and like the questions we asked her along the way. And she'd mentioned him a bunch of times. Saying, like, she actually was like, money. Yeah, Staffing she like was. Passing. She hit that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That somebody yeah. posted that. So I think it was um, Adam Leviton of uh, Established the Run posted yeah. that about a month ago, um, <clears throat> and maybe she was on his show and, and said that. But I remember that tweet from August, and those little things help Nando. You know, right. those little those little blurbs that we get. There is no more. I guess this is the point that I'm making now, though. The, the advantage of what we had as fantasy players, if you were locked in 10 years ago, eight years ago, is gone because of the the industry blowing up the way it is. If someone, you know, there's so many shows now on fantasy podcasts, fantasy radio, uh, Twitter, just beat writers. There's just so much information. There's no way you're TikTok. sneaking you're by. You're big on TikTok. Yeah, there's no way you're sneaking by these little sleepers or whatever. And and I always use the same example, Nando. Like, 2013, Julius Thomas, okay? The, you know, there's no yeah. more sneaking by a Julius Thomas. Uh, the, the reason why I was all in on Julius Thomas that year as a Bronco, uh, I watched, uh, you know, a, a preseason game, and he played like the two series with Peyton Manning. Manning was peppering him, right? So I went to the draft table. 
saying, I got to get this sleeper, Julius Thomas, you know, in, in the double digit rounds. And I did. And that helps. There's no more of that 10 years later, Nando. If, if you know, a guy like a Julius Thomas nowadays, as soon as he catches one or two balls from a starting quarterback, it's blowing up all over Twitter. Yeah. Every beat reporter is right. writing about it. Yo, well, that was Darren Waller. Deep sleeper, Julius Thomas. He looks like he's got a re- good rapport with his quarterback. That'll be everywhere. And when you get to the draft table, 11 and a half out of 12 guys sitting at that table is like in their back of their head is like, oh, that Julius Thomas guy, I got to get him. So there's no more competitive edge. You know, it, the only competitive edge you have at it, like a high stakes table is you got to hope there's a couple guys at that table are just like, ah, this is, you know, I want to. I have a lot of money and I want to put my money down and uh, have my fantasy team this year to follow. And they're not really like fantasy, you know, craze uh, all in. They just want to go get their hometown couple guys and have something to root for all year long. Those are the guys you want to try and attack. Yeah, you know what? ADP and auto draft did pretty well this year. I'm, I'm almost Renee Miller did the whole thing of like, she, she did that draft with each, uh, each personality that she gave, you know, the, the person who likes the rookies, the person who auto drafts, Hero RB, zero RB. Like she went through and drafted every team. Like if you were in a draft, what your team would look like. Mm. And auto draft, I think, finished second, uh, like 0.3 points behind first place. And I feel like even that person who goes in with a good set of ADP is going to do okay and just fall into stuff by accident. You know, like Von Shane. No, because I think the skill now is avoiding these, like, Everyone talks about helium and avoiding helium, and I, I don't think you could do that entirely. Yeah. Um, but like Devon Shane, I remember like was the buzzy name before drafts. He was like people were on yeah. him so hard, and I'm like, oh, yeah, man, you know, you want to avoid him, but like you can't because it makes such good points. But I mean, like people are climbing over each other to get him, and you know, earlier than they should, two rounds earlier than they should, and you, you just got to. Yeah, play but was it wrong? But but nope. was it wrong? He had his weeks where he was he was carrying teams. Unfortunately, injury no, at the hit time him. you were like. It's there's Jeff Wilson, there's Raheem Mostert, there's Devonna Shane, and like you got lucky with Wilson, like losing time. And remember, it was always like, oh, Dalvin Cook's going to sign there. Oh, the Dolphins still have to trade for someone. Like there was that constant worry sure. the Dolphins were going to make a move for another running back. And it was like, all right, like why would I? Devonna Shane could be yeah. the RB four, and he's hurt. Like why would I ride this helium? And then yeah. boom. I'll be honest. The reason why I had a lot of Raheem Mostert was a play against, I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to wind up in Miami. And then I was like, and everybody really felt that way. And I was like, you know what, let me just, and and I had a bunch of Jeff Wilson as as well. I was trying to get either Mostert or Jeff Wilson in every draft. Cause I was like, if Cook doesn't sign there when it was late August, early September, I was like, when Cook doesn't go there, you know, one of these two running backs is going to be a major score in the double digit rounds. Right. And you know, it wound up being Mostert and A Chain. A Chain was going. A Chain was going. Gaskin late too. Miles Gaskin. What happened to him? He uh, no, he was playing at some point, but I, and then he, I think he got hurt and put on. I thought IR. they traded him. Or, I thought they traded. Him. Oh, he did get. No, I mean, he did get traded. Yeah, he did get traded. He went to Minnesota, but I think he got hurt early on, and then they wound up trading once he was healthy. I could be wrong with that, but um, that was a Nando. Mess. I, I do. We do have to. We don't touch have a lot a of time. Of left. No, we we have plenty of time. We can we could we can run the show here, Nando. I have a crazy home league story, Nando. That I I, I want to make sure I don't uh, forget the GST league. Um, our home league for eighteen years now. Okay, yeah. uh, a friend of mine who's never GST won league. it. 
different GSTs. No, there's the two. There's two. Angle. Yeah, there's the one that right. Adam Ronis and and, and uh, runs. Uh, that's the GST. We call it the GST. Uh, you know, radio and and listener league. Well, Tony, uh, this is the commissioner of that. Yeah, and then he he was a, a <laughs> yeah yeah you know, and that's why he's and that's why he's no longer in the industry. Um, but anyway, the the real home league GST league, the higher dollar amount. Um, my friend who has never won it in yeah. 18 years, okay, came into this year. He had an absolutely loaded team, Nando. Okay, and we play it where uh, it's a thousand dollar fab budget. All right. And once you have zero, there's no more zero bids. So the fantasy playoffs, we we go uh, into week 14, right before the fantasy playoffs is about to start. And for whatever reason, he only has Justin Herbert as his starting quarterback. Oh, man. And he's the one seed. He wins his division. He has a bye week. Okay. Justin Herbert goes down for the season. So he texts me and he's like, I can't believe that I lost Herbert. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's terrible. Who's your backup? He's like, I don't have one. I was like, how do you not have a backup to Herbert? I was like, well, then just go and, and you know, obviously go to the waiver wire. He's like, I have zero dollars left. I have no more money. I said, how can you zero out and only have one quarterback? So anyway, <clears throat> he gets a bye week. So he's in the semifinals. Does he know what he's doing? Is I mean, is he one of those guys? Yeah, that he does. He's actually, right. no, he's a 1,000% a very good player. He actually plays high stakes. He's just never won. <clears throat> it's just a, it's just a he's thing. He's just never right? won. Right. right. It's pretty funny. But his team is absolutely loaded. So semifinal week, he has to play without a quarterback. He wins by five points, okay, wow. because his team blows up. Okay. He has an unbelievable week, a uh, couple receivers that do really well. He had Amari Cooper. All right, nice. And where were you in this? Okay. You were on the other side of the bracket? Uh, I missed the playoffs. Full oh. transparency. Missed the playoffs. Uh, the final week of this. Yeah, final week of the season. Uh, People taking advice from you. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, I'm transparent. That's fine. That's going to happen. Um, right. By the way, I won the, the – I won the – with our friend Ian. I won that home league. Uh, how oh, about nice. that? Uh, great, Big man. Money. Yeah. That's talking about it. treating it like a business. Chrissy V, yeah. that's your business right there, man. So anyway, uh, nice payday there. Uh, so anyway, he wins the semifinal match without Justin Herbert. He's like, can you believe this? His tight end was TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> he didn't have he didn't have a backup to TJ Hawkinson either. Okay. Or maybe he did and he lost that tight end as well. So he has no starting tight end and no starting quarterback entering championship week. He's like, yeah. I'm like, hey. What can you do? You made the championship game. Wait, and there's he's got Amari nice, Cooper. And he's got Amari Cooper. I was like, listen, you know, there's a nice payout for second place for losing in the championship game. Just be happy you made it and won the semifinal matchup. The other guy he's playing in the fantasy championship has Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Brock Purdy is his quarterback. Just an absolutely loaded team, all healthy. Whatever. My friend goes in with no quarterback, no tight end, and loses Amari Cooper and wins the fantasy championship. No way. Again. No way. Okay. It's one of the craziest stories. And and if you know it, it's he's like for 18 years I'm cursed in this league. Everything always happens to me wrong. I lose every year because of this crap. Blah, 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 blah. And it, that's how he goes and wins the fantasy 
GST league in his 18th year is without a quarterback or tight end in championship week. I just thought it was crazy. Um, so that was the crazy home league story. Uh, I know, I know we're up against some time. The silver bullet, the NFFC, the NFFC silver bullet was won by a high stakes legend and a all around great guy, Duke Viveros. Uh, great guy. He deserved it. This guy, Duke Viveros, he's a volume player, but uh, an unbelievable drafter. Just another guy that when I'm in drafts with him, I just know he's going to come out with an unbelievably great team. And he was in the top three overall of the NFFC primetime in, in the second week of the fantasy playoffs. Top three of the NFFC online championship and the top three of the silver bullet. He almost won all three. So shout out to Duke Viveros. The Same way he... The way he won the NFFC Silver Bullet, Nando, okay, was by five-tenths of one point. Five-tenths of one point. Not one yard. Less than one yard, he won the overall championship in the Silver Bullet. And he won it by – he was in second – he fell from first place to second place when the the owner um, uh, passed him. With Pat Mahomes and a Chiefs stack of of Mahomes, Pacheco, the Chiefs kicker. By the way, the Chiefs kicker and the Dolphins kicker, 23-24 points in championship week. Craziness. Pat Mahomes took a knee on the final play of the game and lost the overall championship for that particular player. And Duke Viveros won the championship by five-tenths of a point. Based on the Pat Mahomes knee down, man, crazy, absolutely you know, I, crazy. I was wondering how many people like so that that close story that you just told, yeah. And I haven't seen much of this anywhere, but mm-hmm. like, who lost by that slim margin because they got a Jared Goff two point conversion taken away? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I've I'm never not, seen that, play it that, that no one will stop talking about. Yeah, I, I I mean, out of all the overall championships uh, this year, none were none came like, that you close. You know, it was a. What'd you say? Like you had lion stacks, you had golf. A lot of people probably came in with lion stacks. Yeah, Porta, Amon Ross, Nando, Brown. That's the closest. I mean, you can't physically, you can't actually get any closer than right. that right, overall championship. I, you know, I've been playing over. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing ice stakes forever, and, and nothing's ever come down that close like that. Okay, so right. to lose on a kneel down is crazy. All the other champions won by seven points, 11 points, 20 points, where it's a no doubter and it's just decided right then and there. But, you know, credit, uh, you know, Duke Vivera's deserved it. He's deserved it for a long time, an overall championship. So props to him uh, for getting that break on the kneel down and, uh, you know, a well another well-deserved champion. Last but not least, Nando, we have to talk about um, Will Miles, who won the quarter of a million dollar online championship overall, uh, NFFC overall online championship. He did it with this loaded team of Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Hurts, Amari Cooper, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, Mike Evans, uh, Nico Collins in the 10th round, and hit on... Uh, Brock Purdy in the 19th round and maybe one other that I'm missing. Anyway, he left the draft table with an absolutely loaded team. Okay. Now this is a a online championship. You have to beat out 5,000 teams. He had, Will did the 
absolute nuts of a week in week uh, 16, scoring 264 points. And he had the dream combination of Amari Cooper, Brees Hall, and Christian McCaffrey. Well, McCaffrey scored 42 week one, but Cooper and Brees Hall scored, what, 51 and 44 in the second week. And he scored 264 points to blow past everybody uh, that uh, particular week and then hold on in the final championship week. But he had the right play. Oh, and Mike Evans as well, who who was phenomenal in, in that second week. But, you know, he had the dream combination of players. And here's the crazy part of Will Miles' overall championship. First off, Will is 29 years old. The nice. youngest championship ever, cha- youngest champion ever in the high stakes market. Here's where it's crazy, Nando. When I tell you there was crazy stories behind all these overall champions, two years ago, the way I just talked about how Tommy Labretti won the championship two years before his close best friend won the overall championship two years later, two years ago, Billy Wazowski, our good friend, right? Uh, he was. Our boy, Billy Wazowski, Billy Waz, won the online championship, the same exact event, okay? He won it two years ago. Two years later, Will Miles won the overall championship. Will Miles is a teacher with Billy in the same school in Virginia, and Billy got Will involved in – fantasy football playing in these online championships. Wow. So not only is that, you know, it's just mind boggling to me that two years apart, Billy wins the same event that his fellow teacher in the same school wins this year in Virginia, same school, two of the last three overall championships are teachers in the same school in Virginia. What is in the water? What is in the water in Virginia that that school, I might go sign up to be a teacher in that school now after knowing the background story of all this. I would caution against you teaching children things. Yeah, they would have to find a role for me because uh, teaching probably isn't my specialty, but um, (laughs) just unbelievable. You would call on a kid to answer a question and then answer it yourself. I'm going to do this myself up here on the board. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. Yeah. But uh, it's just crazy that the background story. Let me just finish that for you. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But isn't that amazing, Nando? When you hear these stories in the uh, behind the scenes stories of how two friends that know each other win the not only quarter million dollar primetime NFFC championship, but the quarter million online championship story. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. There's cool stories. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's pretty nuts to me. So those, uh, you know, that's a that's a high stakes uh, recap, pretty much right there, Nando. Uh, Congrats to all of them for winning these uh, championships and uh, just cool stories behind all of them. So I'm glad we could do a show like this. uh, You know, we had no choice because recognizing them. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. You show up five minutes before a show uh, every week and say, what are we talking about? I didn't watch any football. So at least that's why I talk for 58 minutes of it and you talk for two. I am a professional. Uh, do you want to talk about how you had to delay the show a half hour because you had a meeting and didn't weren't professional enough to give me a heads up on that last night so we could delay the, the show? was scheduled for a half hour and it went an hour. What do you want me to do? No. You changed this last week. 
You made us go on Thursday when people need. It was Christmas Wednesday. week. It was Christmas week, Nanda. It was championship week to some people. And we gave them an extra day. Yeah. Anyway. To prepare. This is great. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, this is the last yeah. time you'll see us together. That's not true. Uh, next week, we will be back and we will be doing uh, no, we're not fantasy. Doing Are we? I thought we're out like four weeks from now. Yes. No. Next week, we're back and we're doing uh, – we're going to be breaking down, doing a live NFFC uh, fantasy uh, playoff contest uh, entry together, Nando. So uh, look forward to that. If you're entering that contest, we'll be uh, we'll be giving you the uh, ins and outs of what to do and how we're going to enter our uh, entry into that next Billy, week. So well, another we're gonna, we're fun show. Dual entry, right? Dual entry, yeah. If we win, it's uh, 51% me, 49% you. Partners. Oh, that's the most credit you've ever given me for anything. All right, in. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We hope you yeah. had a lovely time. We know that we did. And uh, let me just pull up the music here real quick. Peace out, everyone.